Welcome to Inside ADHD, the official podcast for ADHDfamilies.ca. This podcast provides parents with current research about ADHD and strategies for helping their children. ADHDfamilies.ca is a resource website for parents of children who have ADHD. All of the resources have been evaluated by experts in the field of ADHD, so parents can feel confident that they are receiving trustworthy information. Visit ADHDfamilies.ca and follow us on Twitter. Hello and welcome to Inside ADHD, the official podcast to ADHDfamilies.ca. My name is Krista Forand. I am a registered psychologist at the Can Learn Society in Calgary, Alberta, and I'm also a part of the ADHD Families Project, part of the team there. And as you may have noticed if you've listened to previous podcasts, they were audio recordings of the blogs that we have on the ADHDfamilies.ca website. But as you can see, I'm not reading, I'm just chatting with you guys now. And we are so excited to be um, going into more podcasting where we have more conversations about different topics related to ADHD. And in the future, we are hoping to be able to interview some special guests who are experts in the field of ADHD, so stay tuned for that as well. Um, We are also very fortunate, and I wanted to just take a moment before we get into today's topic, um, we're very fortunate to be able to have ADHDfamilies.ca and our podcast. And it would not be possible without the generous support from the Alberta Children's Hospital Foundation. So a really big thanks to the Foundation for supporting this project. So today's topic is about ADHD treatment, which does involve medication but also other strategies, and how that might affect um, self-esteem in particular. We know basically that youth with ADHD are typically impaired in social, emotional, academic, and behavioral functioning. And the things that we see um, in the clinic that I work at are children who have, or are starting to have, depending on their age, repeated failures, or they're noticing their shortcomings. Um, And so that leads to negative beliefs about themselves, and then sometimes unhelpful coping strategies. So these things could be um, avoiding particular tasks that they know are difficult for them, procrastinating, or even more serious um, unhelpful coping strategies like substance use. So clinically and anecdotally, myself, the other psychologists that I work with, and some of the physicians I work with have noticed that when ADHD is treated, there are opportunities for the child or even the adult to experience more successes. Why is that important? Because the more success that they experience, the more likely that they're going to feel better about themselves as a person. And this is what leads to our topic today about self-esteem. And as they feel better about themselves as a person, then they're able to have better relationships and increase self-confidence overall. So while anecdotal information can be helpful, and this is the, um, some of the results that I've seen in our clinic, it is also important to know what the research says 
about self-esteem in particular and other outcomes, and ADHD and treatment. And particularly looking at when ADHD is treated and when it's not treated. What are the differences in the outcomes? And treatments for ADHD not only include medication, but also other approaches like lifestyle changes, so working on uh, more consistent sleep routines, diet, making sure you're eating a healthy, balanced diet, and getting regular exercise. But it also includes strategies to help individuals of all ages with their attention, their concentration, organization, and time management. So I was able to find a review, a very recent one, um, in the Journal of Attention Disorders, and it's titled Long-Term Outcomes of ADHD, a Systematic Review of Self-Esteem and Social Function, and it is in the Journal of Attention Disorders 2016, Volume 20, if you'd like to go look that up and um, take a read for yourself. Um, what I appreciated about this review is that it's um, recently published, but it's a review of studies that look specifically at treatment of ADHD and outcomes, particularly in self-esteem and social function, across um, about 30 years. So the, um, the studies that were reviewed span from about 1980 to 2011 in the area of ADHD treatment and um, looking at outcomes specifically in self-esteem and social function, which is right up our alley because that's the topic today. So within the studies that these authors reviewed, they talked about um, different examples or definitions of self-esteem that would have been found in the various studies. So it could have been described as self-perception, self-concept, psychological well-being, um, self-worth, and self-image. And social function included measures that looked at things like social and family relationships, work and school relationships, social skills specifically, participation in social activities, living arrangements, and dating and marital history. So it kind of went across the whole span of social functioning. And it's also important to know that when we're looking at long-term outcomes, they define that as um, measuring these outcomes as being greater than at least two years. So some were as low as two years and then others were higher. Some of the longitudinal studies, which are basically studies that follow a group of participants for a period of time, some of those studies followed participants for up to 25 years. Um, so 127 studies were reviewed and these again I said were published between 1980 and 2011. So first we want to look at the comparison between individuals with untreated ADHD versus individuals who do not have ADHD, which in the study are referred to non-ADHD controls. So individuals with the untreated ADHD in the studies that they looked at had a higher percentage of self-esteem and social function outcomes that were poorer or worse compared with the non-ADHD controls. So they did find that. A high proportion of poor outcomes was reported for individuals with untreated ADHD 
compared with non-ADHD controls across all age ranges as well. So age was not a factor um, in the outcomes of self-esteem or social function. Um, what was interesting was the proportion of poor self-esteem outcomes was highest in adults, then it was young adults, and it was lowest in children and adolescents, which says to me that there may be some, what we would call, cumulative effect or a build-up over years of being untreated and, like I said earlier, experiencing those repetitive failures and shortcomings which sort of contributes to negative beliefs about yourself. There were no gender effects observed, meaning that the both girls and boys who had untreated ADHD had similar self-esteem outcomes, um, which means they were worse compared to the non-ADHD controls. So when we look at the treated ADHD versus untreated ADHD, um, we have beneficial treatment response was evident in the majority of self-esteem and social function outcomes reported for individuals with treated ADHD versus untreated ADHD. So I'll give you some numbers here. 89% um, of the studies showed, showed um, beneficial outcomes for being treated with the self-esteem outcomes that they looked at and 77% of the social function outcomes were positive when um, individuals with diagnosed ADHD had treatment. And they also saw a response to treatment across treatment type. So treatment types that were looked at in this review were medication, non-medication, and multimodal, which was defined as medication plus non-medication approaches. And it was, um, the response to treatment across treatment type was similar for self-esteem and social function across um, these treatment types. So then we look at treated ADHD versus non-ADHD controls. So the, again, so we're looking at individuals who have ADHD and they're being treated versus a, groups of people who do not have ADHD. What are their outcomes? How do they compare? So for the self-esteem category, 71% of outcomes were similar to the non-ADHD control group following treatment, and that's compared with only 43% for individuals with untreated ADHD. For the social function category, 61% of the outcomes measured post-treatment were similar to the non-ADHD control group, which is compared to only 26% for individuals with untreated ADHD. So you can see how individuals with treated ADHD were approaching similar levels of, of positive outcomes in, uh, compared to groups who don't have ADHD versus the untreated ADHD groups who were still having a lot of difficulty with their self-esteem and social functioning. And so this review demonstrates that treating ADHD does lead to positive outcomes for self-esteem and social function. And it's important to know that it's, um, we've seen positive effects using either medication or other strategies or both. But it's also part important to remember that we also know 
um, from the very famous um, National Institute of Mental Health's Multimodal Treatment of ADHD study, uh, which was conducted in the early 90s. Um, some of the outcomes from that can give us some more insight into what kinds of treatments we should be seeking for children with ADHD. So they looked at combined treatment, so that was meds and strategies. They looked at medication alone, and they looked at um, community care as usual, which was basically typically seeing a doctor in the community or um, another professional and having less intensive strategies than the ones provided um, to the strategy group. And what we found, what they found in this study was that medication, um, that the combined treatment, so the meds and the strategies, and the medication alone were more effective in treating the core ADHD symptoms compared to strategies only or the routine community care. So what this tells me is that, um, and what I've seen in my practice, is that um, most professionals who work in the field of ADHD believe that the combination of medication and other strategies, behavioral, educational, um, is the best approach to take when treating ADHD. And the only reason why professionals and parents should be considering medication or any other treatment for that matter is to help the child, and we need to remember that. Ultimately, if medication and other treatment strategies have proven to be effective, then they should be considered. And if these approaches help your child to have fewer negative interactions with others and fewer failures throughout their life, then I believe that they have served their purpose. And I can't stress enough that the more you and your family know and understand what medication and other treatment strategies can and cannot do for a child with ADHD, the more empowered you will feel to make choices about treatment for your child, and the more you will understand about what to expect from those treatments, whether medication or other strategies. And it's also important to remember to seek out professionals who specialize in the area of ADHD and can help you learn more about the treatment options. And that way, when you choose a particular treatment, you will likely be better set up to sort of observe the results of the treatment and determine for yourself that is, if it's beneficial, beneficial to your child or not. So take, these, um, take this information into consideration. Check out the article in the Journal of Attention Disorders if you want to take a look at it for yourself. And thanks for listening, and stay tuned for future episodes with new topics. And remember, for more information about how to help your child with ADHD, visit ADHDfamilies.ca. Thanks for listening to Inside ADHD, the official podcast for ADHDfamilies.ca. For more information about ADHD and how to help your child, visit ADHDfamilies.ca and follow us on Twitter.